May the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in Yehovah's sight. He is our strength and our redeemer. And it is in his name, which is his authority, that we pray, praise, proclaim, project, and protect today's message. Amen. Hola, mi nombre es Kofi. ¿Cómo está? Bonjour, me pa Kofi, ça va? Ni hao, namaste. Osaya, anakitabuya, Ohio. I see you. Aloha, Bogwan. Kamsa, kamsa vida. Akuaba, it is say. Jambo, mi bini Kofi, ni nefraku katana nawewe. Manut. Kamuma, papa. Boker Tov, Boker Tav, Bakwar Tav, Barakalat Sham Yehava, Anai Kofi, headed the Servants of Christ, Mashalam Khe. Hello, everybody. I am Pastor Kofi, Pastor Servants of Christ, where we are always changing lives one mind at a time, but being the voice of the voices and speaking the unspoken. Thank you for joining us again today, as always. And uh, we appreciate your presence. Hopefully, everybody's doing well. Hopefully, everybody's had an opportunity to, uh, to grow, to use some of the word. Um, to continue to move forward, we're going to go right back to uh, Proverbs chapter 3, verses 5 and 6. So if you'd like to be able to turn in your Bible or um, your device, if you're able to, feel free to do so. Once you have it, say amen. Say, I got it. Say, I'm with you. Uh, thank you, everybody. We, we thank you to the moderators, ministerial staff, SOC, Lottie Dye, everybody. We appreciate you. Once again, we give all honor and praise to the Most High. You have Elohim. Give all praise and honor to him for my wife, the Honorable Maya, or the Honorable Amma, who doesn't like to say, but to be honored. As always, you can check her out on TikTok, YouTube, her website, and Pinterest at Bloom and Flourish. Not A and D, the letter A. Bloom and Flourish. She is a healer, herbalist, chemist, and biologist, biologist by degree. And we're thankful and grateful for everything that she's doing for the health of the diaspora. And you can also be part of her WhatsApp group. Hopefully, your intermittent fasting is going well. We're still going through all the way through to. Uh, we're going all the way through to um, to Friday, to Friday evening. That's 6 a.m. to 6 p.m. or from sunup to sundown if you'd like to join us. And uh, we are excited to continue on this journey, including our family fast. So if you'd like to be able to join up with us, feel free to do so. But let's say hello, hello to everybody real quick as we're going to Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. Um, how you doing, Sister Carla? How you doing, Matt Trucker? How you doing, Keith? Sister Knight? Y'all's my guide. Sister Betty? Monica, JP, Yosef, King D252, Joy Boy, David, if you're still on with us, Jay, uh, uh, Yaakov, uh, or Yaakov, excuse me, I pronounced it wrong. How you doing, Steve Madden? How you doing, Tammy? Um, everybody, we appreciate your presence today. Thank you for being on with us as we're in this series. Be safe out there on the road, traveling. This is Monica. Um, how you doing, Siren Pedals? Everybody who's joining us, we appreciate you. How you doing, Brother TJ, Cultural Prospect? Everybody. So once again, we're going to go to Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, and then we're going to continue this series um, that we're on called Reverse Mythology. So once again, what you ever say, amen, say, I got it, I'm with you, I'm listening, whatever the case might be. Um, depending on what type of Bible you may have, um, Proverbs is in a different place. Say it loud Shalom, everyone. All right, thank you. <laughs> Amen. So um, we'll go ahead and do Proverbs 3, 5, 6. We'll start off with our Bible pledge. We're going to continue the series uh, called Reverse Mythology. So once you have it, uh, if you want, you can put your right hand in the air or your device in the air or your Bible in the air. Just repeat after me as we do our Bible pledge. So here's our Bible pledge. This is my Bible. This is my sword. 
and this will I trust. For Yahashvai is Lord, no sort of God shall ever be heard. So this is my Bible, and this is Yah's word. Atsham Yahavah, Aman, and Yahavah's name, Amen. Proverbs chapter 3, verse 5 and 6, it reads as follows. It says, Trust in Yahavah with all thine love and all thine heart, and lean not to thine own understanding. And all thy ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct your past, thy past. We've just recited Proverbs chapter 3, verse 5 and 6, where we have a blessing to the readers, the hearers, and especially the doers of his most holy word. You may be seated or go back to what you're doing if you're reverencing the word with us, and thank you for doing so. We appreciate you, and um, thank you for joining us again. Excited. I'm starting to get outside a little bit more. It's been a while since it's been so cold, but starting to be able to get back into things, getting close to the last frost. So we can go ahead and start planting things. Matter of fact, I think we started planting things up. Or uh, what did we start planting? I think we started planting even yeah, the tomatoes and stuff already. Throwing some thumb on top of the dirt. So we got those already get going and stuff like that. And so excited as we continue to go. So hopefully you guys are taking care of yourself, getting your food together, all that stuff, making sure that you're ready to go. Um, so today we're going to continue the series called Reverse Mythology. So many things that we do are based off of myths. We want to ensure that we're on a, on a righteous path as far as like, hey, are we going by myths? Where did the myths come from? How do they guide our lives? And so one of the myths that we're going to hit, there's so many, obviously, we're going to try to do as much worldwide stuff as we can or at least mention certain things here or there. But today we're going to talk about Lord of the Rings. And by the way, we're going to start our watch party, Lord of the Rings, on Saturday. You have to have the Clapper app to do so. Um, we're not going to do it on TikTok because TikTok is always trying to find weird reasons um, oh yeah, herbs inside are growing. Amen. How you doing, babe? Thanks for joining. Bloom and Flourish. Check her out as always on TikTok, YouTube, or website, and Pinterest at Bloom and Flourish. Not A and D. The letter N. Bloom and Flourish. But yeah, so we're dealing with a lot of stuff to where we are in a position um, where we're we're starting to go through the process of seeing these myths and uh, where they come from, what they mean, how they permeate society. And Lord of the Rings is extremely important. I didn't even realize this until we were going through the myths and. Uh, you know, committed to what the Holy Spirit has sent us to do and really started researching Lord of the Rings because we kind of forget how big a deal Lord of the Rings was, right? Like, people don't really realize how much it's affected um, movie making, for example, right? Or just think about movies in general, right? Like, The Matrix, um, a lot of people don't even know. We did this already as a, as a watch party. But remember, um, uh, you can look up Kofi and the Squirrel 40, um, like it says for the for the channel or you, you can look up um, hashtag find Kofi like the hashtag say for pretty much every video that we have um, that's also the name of our YouTube channel and stuff as well but you can look that up on Clapper and we'll be doing that 1230 p.m. Eastern New York time um, but a lot of people don't recognize like even what was that where was that at? I'm sorry how you doing Minister Shante um, how you doing Mata Dak um, Steven where are we at? Oh, um, so people don't recognize, like, even we did this already last year when we did a watch party, uh, the one that I fell asleep on last night, <laughs> the last night of it. But um, we did, we watched Terminator 1, Terminator 2, and The Matrix, right? Terminator 1, Terminator 2, and The Matrix. How you doing, Sister Nadine? Um, and why did we watch that? Because the sister, I always forget her name. It's her name, Sarah what's her name the sister that actually wrote those screenplays she wrote them to be a, a trilogy Term, uh, Terminator 1 Terminator 2 and The Matrix actually go together so a lot of people don't recognize that they were changed obviously when James Cameron and the Wachovia or whatever they're called the Wachovia Wachovia sister, uh, uh, siblings um, 
put together. Um, they changed it, obviously, when they got their hands on it. And, and a lot of people don't know she actually sued and won um, and got money for it. I don't know if she got it for Terminator 1 and Terminator 2, but she at least got it for, Ma for the Matrix. But when um, the sister wrote it, she was trying to show the machinery and even trying to show uh, the Christology, in a sense, if you will. Um, John Connors Jace is JC. JC is supposed to represent Jesus Christ. And you have, right, remember, you have John Connors, and he's not born yet, but there's tales of him coming. He's born of somebody who they can't really find. Somehow, someway, somebody from the past is messing with somebody, or somebody in the, in the present, or somebody in the future goes back to their past. Somebody in the present is dealing with somebody from the future. JC's supposed to be the things that are gonna rule over things. You see this woman, so in a sense, immaculate conception. All these different things go on in Terminator 2. He's grown up, he's coming to knowledge of who he is thinks that he's kind of crazy but this and that or whatever and by the way remember these people were actually supposed to be people of color i know somebody says up here he goes trying to change the story but i'm not changing the story if you know even in the matrix uh will smith was supposed to play um the character neo probably would have been a way different movie but will smith was actually supposed to play the character neo he when he looked at the script he didn't really recognize the technology that we're trying to explain and he said that the people that when they came to him they sounded like they were kind of high with the stuff they were talking about little did he know after he watched the movie oh this is something that is actually feasible and then later on when they tried they, they realized they could make money and they, they came up with matrix 2 and matrix 3 right um then all of a sudden he was able to at least get uh, jada up in there right so there's a lot of different things in how you're doing miss q so there's a lot of things like that we don't even recognize just in making films have to happen right but these films in and of themselves have become mythology to this day if you were to look up uh, matrix on youtube you'll find a whole bunch of different um movies video games clips what people think this means that means how people live their lives based off of it star wars going back to the 60s is something that now people are still going and doing things like that indiana jones franchise still around dealing with a lot of different mythologies still around and people grew up on this stuff Right, the Matrix. Even though they turned the Matrix One into then a Matrix Two and Three, which is why people don't like Matrix Two and Three because Matrix One was supposed to end with the Christ, right, out of the machine. Anybody who chooses to come out of the machine, they can go ahead and come in, right, or, and be freed from this and go to Zion and have, in a sense, everlasting life or a real life, right, and come out of the falsehood and be a reality. These are all things that have happened where people are sometimes trying to tell stories or people are even trying to manipulate stories. So there's a there's a generation of people who grew up on nothing but Matrix, right? As far as they were twisted into every day. I remember when I was in the military and we were on watch somewhere and there was a guy who really doesn't talk that much, you know, he kind of hillbilly type or whatever. He ain't really want to talk to me this and that or whatever. And then we were out there on watch together. So we just so happened to have um, conversation. And in the midst of conversation, I, meant, I mentioned um, the Matrix. The next thing you know, Oh yeah, The Matrix, this and that, and man, that movie changed my life, and this was just when there was one, right? But it's like, yeah, it changed my life, and what do you think about this? And we're all in The Matrix, da, 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 right? It was a commentary on life, and so now you get Matrix 2, Matrix 3. There's people that live by that, live by the video games, and live by the, the Japanese anime versions of it that they did, right? Um, there, there's a lot of that, right? A lot of people don't know that that exists. There's actually like a whole Matrix anime series, right? Now there's video games that have come out, now there's new video games that have come out, right? And even a lot of stuff that's there. Now there's going to be a whole group of people that are going to live off of the John Wick stuff, right? You've got four John Wicks. So that's going to that's, that's, that's become a thing of how, man, yeah, I want to be bad like John, John, uh, a bad aide like John... John Wick and I want to do this I want to do that right there was 
in the two, well, I guess going from the late nineties, but really the two thousands, um, you know, going through with Harry Potter, how many movies and how many things they even came out with a new Harry Potter to do the prequel stuff. Right. So how many movies are based off of that? Right. And are forming people's opinions, shaping people's lives. Of course, we can talk about comics, books, Marvel, MCU. We'll, we'll, we'll have to hit MCU at some point and uh, we've done a lot of mcu just kind of talking about it over time but that being said today we're going to focus on lord of the rings lord of the rings is interesting because it's mythology but it's also christology because um tolkien is a christian right a lot of people don't know this they just assume because the whole thing of he must be pagan and yes did he have pagan beliefs sure but remember christianity is not biblical right if we're going to start somewhere, and how you doing, Aaron? If we're going to start somewhere, let's make sure we start there. Remember that Christianity is, in fact, not biblical. Somebody says that doesn't make sense because Christians read out of a Bible. Well, I mean, a lot of you have read a Bible and don't believe it. So, right, just because you read a Bible doesn't mean it. Also, too, the Bible was written, or, or what you now call the Bible, was written before it was even called the Bible. And when it was written, before there was a such thing as a Christian. Before we change the name of Yahshua'i to Jesus, the, what you call the Bible existed. See, so there's a, that's, that's a myth. That in order to read a Bible, I must be a Christian. Or in order to believe in the Bible, I must be a Christian. Christians don't actually believe in the Bible because Christians are mentioned in Daniel chapter 2 by looking at how iron mixes with clay. If you know how that works, that means that Rome is mixing, right, with the, with the word of Yah, Roman Catholic Church or the Roman Universal Circus. So, so we have this weird philosophy and thought process and theology and stuff that's based off of uh, what we say is biblical, but it's really not. It's, it's based on Bible. It's, it's, a, it's based on Bible. Christianity is based on Bible, right? And the Lord of the Rings is based on Bible, based on Greek mythology, and heavily based on um, Norse theology, <laughs> right? So, so you, you have to realize those things, right? And I'm sorry, is it Ethel? Is it Ethel, Ethel Ring? Ethel Renee Watts? Please forgive me. I don't know how to pronounce it. Sorry, but thank you for being on. Right? So you have to recognize and realize that when we're speaking on these things, uh, to be honest, Joseph, I don't even be remembering when we go certain places, if I see certain things, some have come from, from I actually am missing a whole bunch of them <laughs> in our travels from last year. They just ended up gone somewhere. So um, I actually need to replenish at some point. But um, I don't know. It's different places in our travels. But uh, um, how you doing, Sister Judith? How you doing, Sister Sage? How you doing, Michael? Shalom to everybody. Peace, peace, peace. Um, uh, matter of fact, today would be, right? Shalai, shalai, shalom. Right? The, sec the third day of the week, so to speak. So anyways, uh, getting to Lord of the Rings. So Lord of the Rings is interesting, an interesting dynamic because there's a lot of spiritual things that are continuing to take place and continuing to be put in, right? And we and um, a lot of people, once again, have had a lot of their lives and a lot of things that they watch still to this day, right? There's still cartoons out there that have, you shall not pass, right? Boom, right? There's still a lot of stuff that that's in, right? There's still a lot of people that were influenced as far as Elijah Wood's character. And Elijah Wood himself, Right, who played Frodo? He himself is um, LGBTQ plus, but him and um, Sam, even though technically I guess you would say they're not, but the way the movie presents it, it's almost like they have a a, a relationship that kind of goes extremely far. Now, some people would say, "Up, oh, that's you trying to put the toxic masculinity spin on it." But when you watch the Lord of the Rings and you and I, and by the way, may I say this? 
I will try my best to mention the book. I will try my best to mention extended um, editions. I will try my best. We'll even talk about The Hobbit somewhat. But The Lord of the Rings, there's so much stuff um, if we were trying to hit everything. So I'm going to focus, especially since we're going to do the watch party. My focus today is going to be on the movies. There's so much, right? These movies, uh, especially the, the, extended, uh, the, the extended editions, right, can be three to four hours a piece. So I will do my best um, to I will do my best to try and make sure that we're looking at the stuff, you know, um, as I can. But we're going to focus on the original thea theatrical um, version. OK, just letting you know. So if there's something I miss or there's something you didn't talk about this. And by the way, in all the movies, once again, so if we were to say they could be like three, let's just say they're three hours a piece. This is nine hours of material. And even though we take about three hours or so during these live sessions, it's still not enough for me to talk about nine hours, especially if we want to go into individual pieces of it. Okay? You never watched it? Okay, cool. So, there, but there are a lot of people who watched it and have seen a lot, and so it influences things, right? There's things that Lord of the Rings influence as far as how movies are made. Before Lord of the Rings, nobody, said, nobody would say, we're going to make three movies in a row, as in we're going to take two years to make all three movies. All two, for two years, right, the people lived together. They went to, where was that shot at? Is it New Zealand? No. I'm in the ballpark somewhere, but they went to a whole nother country and basically everybody moved away for two years. Right? For two years to make this movie. So this was something that like even changes the way they do movies. Now, you, you wouldn't have an MCU if it's not for Lord of the Rings. It was New Zealand, thank you, okay. And they built a lot of stuff and they kept a lot of stuff practical. And yes, they did have some stuff obviously that had to be CGI, but there's a lot of different things that are there. You said your aunt forced your household to watch and she was obsessed. <laughs> yeah. I watched the uh, first one, especially when I was younger, right back when they had VHS still and you can get some, and, and people hadn't really f came out of VHS yet. Um, I watched, um, uh, I used to go to sleep with the first one on repeat over and over, not on repeat, but you know, every night I would watch Lord of the Rings over and over and over and over again. So at least the first one, right? The second one, the third one I'm familiar with as well. I've watched them. So, so let's get into this. So first and foremost, if we're going to talk about the reverse mythology and some of the stuff that's in there, first of all, we must recognize even biblical titles. Number one, right? And by the way, when he wrote the book, um, Tolkien, when he wrote the book originally, initially, it was, if you notice, the books flow and the movies flow very well because it wasn't actually written as three books, at least um, it was actually supposed to be one big novel with three separate, uh, not chapters, but three separate Please forgive me. As an author, I should know this word, but um, three separate units within, right? And um, what happened was, is there before World War One, there was actually a paper shortage, right? So before, not necessarily series, it's something else. But uh, please forgive me. But is there was actually a paper shortage? So since there was a paper shortage, he had to actually wait. So he gave first Lord of the Rings, second Lord of the Rings, third Lord of the Rings, right? Um, and so these are. If you look at these titles, you'll see stuff like the Fellowship of the Ring. Now, somebody says, well, fellowship is not only a biblical word only, right? But the fellowship, right? The fellowship of the ring. So fellowship is important. And somebody says, well, it's not biblical. Well, you'll see something like Return of the King. And if you watch this stuff, right, like Aragorn is not even his initial real name, but Aragorn is what his name is turned into. All right, or actually, I'm sorry, Aragorn might be closer to his original name. He actually has a bunch of names. <laughs> um, just like, oh yeah, we say that he goes by many names, right? You see some of that in there. But Aragorn is supposed to be represent Christ. 
Christ has left, right? Yeah, three acts if it was a play and stuff, but that's not it. I know it's not sequel because that would be saying that he meant to do it on purpose to make it another thing. If it comes to me, it comes to me, right? Um, however, Adagorn, right? Adagorn is supposed to be what? He's supposed to be the Christ, a Christ type, they would call it when they make movies, by the way. You'll see in a lot of movies, by the way, when Superman flies, Superman flies and sometimes he pauses and he'll be like this, right? Arm stretch. Why? Because he's supposed to be a Christ type. This is why some people forget that his story is actually really based off of Moses, right? Because he came over, Superman comes, he leaves Krypton, Krypton's about to blow up. He comes to, um, you know, uh, the uh, to Earth, but he comes in a in a basket, right? He comes in something that you know is 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 a basket and is taken over, and so this woman finds him and stuff like that, and then they raise him and disguise him as a human, even though they know him to be foreign or an alien. He's actually originally a Moses type, and he was written by Jews because Jews at the time he was written the two Jewish authors, the two Jewish comic uh, book creators that created him created him because they felt like jews had power had money and stuff but because people hated them so much they had to hide themselves in everyday society right so so but he's a but also they mix and match theology or mis, uh, mythology they're getting to the mythology stuff so he also is not just soul evictus the sun makes him well and all that stuff right but also he's not just Kalel if you're dealing with certain angels and stuff that are mentioned but also he's a christ type so when he flies, you'll see this. Also, uh, Tony Stark, who's actually supposed to be demonic. He's actually like a devil type, right? But then, to make sure that worship of the devil is insinuated, he becomes a Christ type. The devil basically being the Christ type, reversing roles and stuff. And so you'll see Tony Stark standing like this. Remember when Jericho, the weapon Jericho that he makes, it causes all destruction the walls coming down so to speak behind him and iron man and he puts his arms out this is something referring to a christ type you'll see this with the bad guys you'll see this with um ultron in the age of ultron right and ultron he talks about he puts his hands out he's a christ type and he also says upon this rock will i build my church he literally uses that in there the evil person because in a lot of these movies what you discover right now Tolkien stuff is different because he's a christian so since he's a christian he's going to actually say there's got to be righteous and there's got to be evil but a lot a lot of these myths especially because of the cultures they come from there is no such thing as righteousness or evil right you can just do whatever or evil is respected more than righteousness Tolkien, though, in the Lord of the Rings, you're going to actually find they've got, they make it very, he makes it very distinct. There's a righteous side, there's an evil side, <laughs> right? He's not going to change too much on that, right? He's going to still dabble in, but what is righteousness, what is evil? But for the most part, look, there's righteous and there's evil, right? You said Vision called himself I am, yeah. And by the way, in, in, that's something that's just common. Um, I am, I am, I am inevitable, I am this, I am that. That's what, um, Thanos says in the movies, these are just common terms that are going to be used. A lot of them because the writers are influenced by Christianity. A lot of them because they're trying to say that I am is, is, is anybody can be I am. Remember, a lot of you are just trying to be gods, right? If that's not you, don't take it personal. If the shoe fits, wear it. If it doesn't, take it off, right? But a lot of people are out here trying to be gods, right? You're, instead of being Elohim like instead of being a son of Elohim and being a fellow heir of Yehoshaphat, right, and being led by Ravach HaKodash, a lot of people are trying their best to rule themselves, right? So, but you're going to see a lot of symbolism in it. When we do the, uh, so those of you who haven't done it, when we start this watch party, we're just going to have to go for at least 
nine to ten weeks because that's how much that's how long these movies are we're not gonna watch three hours at the whole time right we'll do like an hour then we'll do an hour and an hour like we did last time but it's gonna take us a while <laughs> to get through this okay but we'll go ahead and once again make sure you have the clapper app right look for us kofi underscore 40 or go on clapper c-l-a-p-p-e-r literally clapper right you remember the old clap on clap off the clapper that thing it's spelled the same way so look for the clapper app and then when you go there look up um um, Kofi underscore 40 or just type in hashtag find Kofi you should be able to find us we started putting our stuff out there brother TJ started putting some stuff out there as well thank you brother TJ for doing so I kind of shared that already and uh, we've been putting it out on our platform so feel free to go ahead right but we'll start that on this Saturday coming up 12 30 p.m. Eastern New York time so so uh but once again just keep a watch for it look for it on different platforms whatever look for it on youtube look it'll be on tiktok we'll, we'll give all that stuff we'll make a flyer for it all those things okay so um but when we so we're going to focus on the theatrical version and we must recognize that you have it so you have somebody who represents the devil matter of fact this devil is a fallen angel now this is me getting into the book a little bit but we got a tiny bit at least get into the book because if we're not honest or at least we don't show things of the book. We won't know what some of this foundational stuff is, right? Books for movies are kind of sort of like lost books for us, right? Like we're realizing there's a lot of stuff in the Testament of Job. We're realizing that, that maybe we shouldn't think of the book of Thomas as being this because it doesn't meet certain criteria. Maybe the thing that about Thomas, where there's the other thing about Thomas, where supposedly Thomas writes about the, the birth of Christ and all this, or the, the childhood of Christ. By the way, if anybody's read it, I just want to go ahead I, I kind of mentioned this last night, but if I can just stick a pin in this real quick and make sure this is brought up. And how you doing, Brother Ali, and everybody coming on? If I miss your name, charge to my head, not to my heart. Thanks for joining us on uh, the podcast, coming over from Facebook, YouTube, TikTok. We appreciate you. But um, let's. But I, I want to put this out here real quick because I kind of mentioned it earlier. Holy Spirit is kind of, I feel, a unction to make sure that we do bring it up. If you ever read, I don't even remember exactly what the book is called, but if you ever read it, something basically supposedly by Thomas, um, or at least somebody named Thomas, but written by Thomas and supposed to be about the, the, the childhood of Christ. It is a fiction. It is a fallacy. It is not real. Now, before somebody says, well, that's what they said about the other lost books. Remember, we talked about your signature last night. Anybody remember if you were on with us last night, we talked about your signature. How you doing, Natriel? Right. So I'm not talking about the Gospel of Thomas, which, by the way, we talked about is not necessarily written by Thomas. And, and it's really just somebody putting a lot of stuff in and just putting like bullet points. So the, even the Gospel of Thomas, somebody just put a bunch of bullet points in. They don't go in any order. They don't necessarily always 100 percent match up. And somebody just basically like so even if Thomas wrote it, I guess, but it doesn't have a signature that shows us. Right. Um and doesn't exist really at least we can't find anything that exists as far as the gospel of thomas until at least 500 to some people say a thousand years later depending on who you want to believe after christ would have passed right which wouldn't make sense um unless we're saying that those aren't original but it seems like those are the originals but that being said i'm talking about another one where it's supposedly supposed to say that they knew christ or this is how christ's childhood went if you ever see that study it for yourself Right. If you don't want to trust me on this, but once you finish studying it, run. Right. Because it's it's it starts off basically. It, Christ is basically like a serial killer. Anybody that comes against Christ, he, he takes their life. Put it like that. 
right? If you read it, it's wild, right? So I, I kind of touched on it last night, but even with reverse mythology, there's people that will read and pick up stuff, and now everything is a lost book. Always look for signatures. I'm not saying there are no lost books. I'm not saying the whole 54 Apocrypha thing that, that your people are getting has no value. It has a lot of value. A lot of those books are things you need to read. I'm just trying to tell you there's some things you got to be careful about. And when you read that book I'm talking about, you see, like, there's a lot of stuff that you can tell. Oh, yeah, there's no way. Like, anybody who says, so Christ sins, or watch this, Christ, in, in, in supposedly, he's a little child, he picks his stuff up, he picks up some dirt, he turns them into turtle doves. Rather than somebody saying that's a miracle, or even saying that's a demon, somebody says you did it on the Sabbath, one of the Pharisees, right? He got a problem with the Pharisee, and so he asked him a question, and since the Pharisee can't answer it, then he takes the Pharisee's life. Right. Or he's playing with some friends. Here's another part of the story. He's playing with some friends. And then all of a sudden his friends say something bad about him. And so he takes their life. Or then there's a lot of people who don't like what he's saying and they can't see him as being the Messiah already. So what does he do? He ends up um, blinding them and he says, well, they don't really have eyes to see anyways. Right. Somebody wrote a whole like you can see. Obviously, somebody's yeah twisted this thing up. So. And it doesn't make sense with a lot of stuff that we see, especially if you're going to say that he had a first miracle, even though we say his first miracle happened in the womb. But if you're going to say he had a first miracle and you think his first miracle is turning water into wine. Right. So I'm just saying you got to be careful culture wise. Look for signatures. Look at what stuff is going on. I will say this about the 66 books. Yes, we found stuff where we said you got to know what the words actually mean. I will say this, though. The 66 books are consistent with what the word of Yah says. So if you're reading something and they don't match. I'm not saying they can't fill in stuff, but if they don't match at all, if there's not even any signature, the same type of signature that would be with the people of Israel. You got to steer clear. So just wanted to say that I mentioned it last night. I just wanted to make sure I make that uh, abundantly clear. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for the reminder. How you doing, Will Brown? Thank you so much for being on. Um, uh, how you doing, Ahava Yah for life? Yeah, it's found in the Dead Sea Scrolls, Sister Beverly. Amen. Um, how you doing, Brother Thomas? So, 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 uh, but in this, in this stuff, Tolkien is going to have a lot of stuff that's Christian-based and heavily Norse theology-based. There are other myths in there, but you're going to see a lot of those things in there. Um, but, is it Sauron? Because Saruman is the white white wizard, right? So it's Sauron. Sauron is basically the fallen angel, the devil. He's one of the first. So like in Greek mythology, how we talked about how Gaia had brothers like Eros and other people that existed. And there was a big bang. They have no mother. They have no father. They just were. All of a sudden they were. And that's, that's the beginning of time. Um, um, Sauron is supposed to be somebody who's there from the beginning. And there was, um, and he falls, right, when he is actually trying to be, um, he's like righteous at one point, then he decides that he needs to be ruled, or he needs to rule over people, and he needs to be worshipped. He needs to have people that are worshipping him. So Sauron, if you've seen the movie, or if you've even seen, because there's so much stuff about it, if you've seen the guy that has the mace in his hand, and is whooping everybody around by himself, and he's taller than everybody else, and then eventually he gets too uh full of himself and he tries to defeat um the king and the king cuts off his finger when he cuts off the finger the ring leaves and sauron blows up and basically every every um evil thing around him crumbles and all the ground crumbles and earthquakes happen and all that um and then the big eye if you don't remember anything else if you've seen that the big eye that they showed that has fire and stuff that's sauron that's that's supposed to be the devil and just like a lot of things in real life 
this devil, Sauron, is not supposed to be mentioned. Right? People don't call him out. Matter of fact, since he's been defeated, which you find out later he has not been, but since he's been defeated, why would you, why would you think uh, anything of him? And you don't give him any time. So you don't call him out on certain things, but there's people walking around with his essence, with his presence. And apparently he had people or orcs who were with him. Now the orcs are a very interesting dynamic. There's two ways you can look at the orcs. Orcs are either black people, because remember in the original Lord of the Rings trilogy, there are no black people in them. Um, you're right. And it's Middle Earth. Middle Earth is like Aesir, like what you call Asgardians in the Marvel comics. In the Marvel comics, they made some of them black to appease you, right? So that you wouldn't think that it, but they learned the lesson because eventually black people started saying, how come there's no black people in Lord of the Rings? And if you notice when the second version of Lord of the Rings, when they did the prequel and made the book, The Hobbit, and they turned it into three movies, they had black people in that one, right? So you can either look at them as black people or to be honest, I'll be I'll, I'll be honest. I th I actually think more so. You look at them as what they should be, which is other fallen angels. You have Sauron, who's fallen, and then you have these orcs, who are fallen angels, right? The orcs used to be as beautiful as the elves. The elves are supposed to be the angels, right? The regular white folk are supposed to be human beings, right? In Middle Earth, that actually comes from um, Midgard, right? Midgard. This North theology, right? So if you if you know about Thor and, and everybody that's there with Thor on the planet or in the realm that he's supposed to be in, Thor is supposed to be over Midgard. He's supposed to live in Midgard and he's supposed to be one of the higher ranking ones in Asgard. But he but the, the, the realm, there's nine realms there, right? Just like we talked about yesterday, there's going to be nine human beings that actually fall for the okie doke with the ring, right? Um, so there's going to be nine human beings, but these nine human beings who are ruled by Sauron, basically you're talking about like how the nine realms are ruled by the Allfather, are ruled by Odin, right? So you're seeing Norse theology, Christianity, a lot of stuff going on or whatever, right? So Sauron has lost his essence. Now remember we talked about in even Greek mythology, Uranus, who's supposed to be firmament, and how Uranus was lost his two grapes that were connected to the vine <laughs> remember we talked about that right so uranus and he becomes firmament his spirit and his soul exist but he has no body he has no physical form anymore well same thing in a sense happens with sauron sauron when he has his fingers cut off right he's his essence is thought to have been gone but the ring that's on his finger had carries his essence carries the spirit right the ring therefore is going to represent idolatry Okay, right to not idolize something because if I'm idolizing something, it's not of the most high. That means that it leaves an opening for what for me to be. Um, and it's very interesting. Obviously, they don't use this word in the movie, but it, it leaves a door for me to be possessed. So the ring and by the way, we talked about this before too. the ring and even the dragon and the hobbit. They come from Norse theology as well. So do the dwarves who are supposed to have made the rings. Um, but when you're talking about this stuff, the ring, it inhabits. The, there's a presence. The essence inhabits whoever wears it. And how you doing, Sister Shima? Right? So the, so, the, so the ring, whoever's wearing this ring is possessed. Right? Matter of fact, it starts to do things to you where you could take on dual personalities. Duality. Right? Dual personalities, multiple personalities, or even being double minded. How you doing, Missy Fizzy? Right? How you doing, Brother Vincent? So when you put on this ring, 
right? You are in duality. When you put on this ring, you have two personalities. When you put on this ring, when you get possessed, right, you can't help but be what you might call schizophrenic. How you doing, Victorious One? Thanks for being on again. Thanks, Big Roy, for being on. Appreciate y'all. Right? How you doing? I don't know how to pronounce it. Is it Bryn? Bryn Jackson? I don't know if I'm in the ballpark there, but thanks for being on. Right? And uh, Luna Lune. Okay, please forgive me about to mess this up. Please forgive me. Lune Nani and Catherine Miller and Honey Lips and all that. Honey Lips Sweet and everybody coming on. Alrighty. So, so you're having a lot of dynamics that are going on. A lot of things in the mythology. Right? So, so anybody who holds it, they are no longer, even if at first they seem to be all right, they are influenced right from the jump. And eventually over time, you begin to see that they change. And ultimately, the ring's whole responsibility is to try and get back to its master. Right? Important that you catch it. So once again, there's Christology, there's Greek mythology, there's Norse theology. How you doing, Sister Barbara? How you doing, Daisy? All those things are there, right? And so we're seeing all... Of these things take place you got to recognize and realize this is something that's being done on purpose this is something that's being done um, to ensure that you are going to look um, th these are things that come from other mythology right and we're talking about this today once again because it has affected so many people right whether you know it or not in some way shape or form something you've been a part of something that you've read some movie you've watched some cartoon that your child has watched some book that you've read has been affected by the Lord of the Rings Matter of fact, it was affected by the books before it was affected by the movies. There are many people that went to the Lord of the Rings and already knew everything about what was going to happen with the Lord of the Rings. Right. So. So. So this, this is something that is affected. And once again, if it's affected by that, then you've got to talk about Christianity being affected. Uh, Tolkien, Greek mythology, Roman mythology affecting Tolkien and even uh, Norse theology affecting Tolkien. How you doing, Sister, uh, uh, Sister Sheila? Yeah, twisting multiple things in reality. Matter of fact, same way that George... I keep saying matter of fact, excuse me. Same way that uh, uh, George Lucas said he made up Star Wars to get rid of the mythology that any religion was necessary and that there's no religion, there's no dark side, there's no light side, it's just all is. It's all the force. It's just one. That's their version of holy, right? Remember, when you say holy, holy means put a W before that H. It's one, Allah, Aleph, one. Right? Most, what's the most important of all commandments? Here, O Yahashrael, Yahava Asar, Yahava Allah, He is one, Elohim. And you must achaba Him, you must love Him with all thy love, all thy heart, and all thy nachiva, so thy soul, and all thy, uh, all thy mind, or all even their ravach, uh, even to a certain degree, right? And then all thy strength, which really would be ravach hakodash for us, right? Or Yahava Himself is our strength, ultimately. So, right, so for that, that's holiness. For the world, though, for the new world order, what is it? Everything is one. There's no such thing as righteousness or evil. Everything is one. How are you doing, Sister Irena? Right? So when you're talking about these things, you even go back. Okay, you can talk about the testament of... Um, you can talk about the testament of uh, Solomon as well, losing the ring. It's tied in there as well. And then so you mix that. If you mix that story with it, and then think about what's going on with the Norse theology part of it, and then think about what's going on with the... Right? Like, it's all... Exactly. So, like, it's all these things that are coming together. And like I said, I know these movies. I'm only focused on the movies, and I'm trying my best. There's, like, nine hours plus of just theatrical version. Uh, if you talk about extended version, we could be at, like, 11, 12 hours. So, even when we start doing the watch party, we are more than likely... I don't know. We might do the extended version 
um, you know, I guess that'll just mean we're doing a watch party every Saturday for a long, 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 long time, <laughs> I guess. Uh, I'm not going to try to do the things in the night, especially that many nights in a row, because y'all saw what happened to me on the third night. I was snoring on y'all. So uh, <laughs> it's going gonna, it's gonna to be during the day. Once again, get the Clapper app to join us for that when we get ready for that um, this Saturday, 1230 p.m. Eastern New York time. Um, I will try to have something together for you guys for an adult Bible study or adult. Uh, for those of you who want like an adult Shabbat school, uh, we talked about that in the last meeting. I'll try that for this Saturday. I will try to give you a time and uh but we will have one if it is going to be on this saturday more than likely it's going to have to be like somewhere around three o'clock p.m eastern new york time right so so um uh so something like that but we will do an adult shabbat school we'll try to put out a, a google calendar invite that for, uh, out to you guys who want to be part of that okay so um so yeah, so the ring and all that stuff, it possesses people. It, there's a spirit inside of it, right? When you are into idolatry, there's a spirit inside of it, right? Um, if you're going to take on things, and, and matter of fact, we talked about this before with the Greek, Greco-Roman mythology that we went through. Or really, we just focused on Zeus um, for the most part. But even a lot of people don't recognize this and even to act these things out, right? The actors, the actresses, they still still tell you. I'm sorry, what'd you say, babe? I thought we decided that the last. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. I didn't know that that's what we decided. I apologize. I guess okay, or I guess it was mentioned that. So okay, I apologize. So I guess for now we'll just do the live sessions. Sorry about that. Um, I'm sorry. We're okay. Well, okay. For now, no, 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 uh, no Shabbat school for the adults. The live session pretty much right now. We're doing a live session at a high level. So that should be enough stuff for the adults for right now. And if we do something for you guys, we'll come, we'll do something later, but we'll figure that out down the road. Um, I'm sorry. We're, we're, uh, I don't know. Where was I at? I'm sorry. Uh, Yeah, and we're focusing on the teens coming up. So the teens will have something on the Saturday. I'm not sure what time. or what. They, I don't know. The teens will have something on a specific date that's coming up soon. We'll have more information. So let's make sure that we're ready for the teens. Sorry for bringing that up. So, um, I'm not sure. Where were we at? The actors. Okay. Um... Okay, we talked about this a lot when we talked about the Greco-Roman stuff and we talked about Zeus focused on him. We focused on him on Saturday and Sunday. And when we focused on him, we talked about how a little bit about Nero. And one of the things that was really off-putting about Nero was that Nero started to... Um, Nero started to... What is it? What is it? I'm sorry. Oh, yeah. Nero was somebody who was raised by an actor because his mother thought she was going to be offed by her brother, which was Caligula. And so since she thought she wasn't going to make it, she didn't even bother trying to raise Nero, who she left as a single mother with as a, as a new or pretty much a newborn child. Once she realized Caligula wasn't going to take her life and once Caligula ended up having his life ended, then she started making sure that she got in with her uncle Claudius and then eventually was able to get... Um, her son Nero to get on the throne right and Nero was not raised by his mother he was actually raised by an actor and somebody says well what who cares if he was raised by an actor what does that mean well back in those days back in those times 
actors were actually considered to be, and I'm not kink shaming, slut shaming, doing whatever like that. I'm just giving you a fact, right? And giving you some context with it. An actor back in those times was considered to basically be on the same level as a prostitute. People would go, well, people had prostitutes and stuff in Greek and Roman, all that stuff. Sure, they did, but prostitutes were not considered to be as high up as others. Matter of fact, there was a there was an issue with this with Artemis, who was worshipped, because when Artemis was worshipped, people people were looking kind of weird in places like Ephesus and others. So where they're like, why are you worshipping this person and saying that your um, your 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 uh, priest and priestesses have to be involved in all this sexual promiscuity, right? So. So it wasn't necessarily accepted, right? Like there's a lie. I'm not saying anything against if you, if you're LGBTQ plus, I'm just telling you context. Just like there's a lie. Be careful if somebody's misrep, even if that's who you are, be careful when somebody represents you with a lie because a half truth is still always a whole lie. So they'll tell you, well, it's acceptable in Greek Greco-Roman times and we're still very Greco-Roman. So why, why, why it was a safe, Greece was a safe haven for the LGBTQ plus community of its day. It was not. In fact, if you read a lot of literature, you'll find that they were homophobic. The people who had power, they were able to do stuff. Remember, like even a platonic relationship, Plato, who had power, said that he thought the worst relationship was between a husband and wife. He thought that the best relationship was between a man excuse me, who was like in his 40s and a little boy who was like in his preteen years for educational purposes only. I'm on. Uh, how you doing, Minister September? If I didn't say so already, right? So, so, so just remember that even though somebody might feed that to you, that's not exactly how the stuff went. And, and, and people kind of looked at him sideways. And by the way, something that we don't talk about a lot is that Plato, at the end of his life, actually was saying, I was dead wrong about that. Marriage is definitely better than doing that. But people still to this day have what? Platonic relationships, right? Now, you might say that's not as mythical as it is what? As it is uh, theoretical. However, you can, can you see how something like half-truth or even some based off of truth or even if somebody's doing something to say in our culture, this is how we want things to go so that we can change creationism or whatever. Can you see how something that, like that can still be around? You think that when you're, you have a friend <coughs> and you and that friend are, are male and female, right but you don't have a sexual relationship you think that that's a platonic relationship but that's not why your relationship would be considered to be platonic it's considered to be platonic because you wouldn't even be attracted to them you wouldn't even hang around them you would be hanging around men and men really that hang around a certain age of male that's that's why that that exists right because in our culture in our society yes you my brother you my sister right but we we don't we don't do dating which means that we don't just hang out the male and the female in the culture, we just don't hang out, right? Like I'm, I'm, uh, look, mad love and respect to all the sisters that are on here, right, right. But outside of Ama, I don't, I don't hang out with sisters like that, cause like we can come to a group thing, right? We can, we can be door next door neighbors, <laughs> right? But but we're not really gonna hang out, like, cause that's that's dating. And we don't do dating in our society. We don't because we're trained to be husbands and wives. And so you're a wife and a husband before you're even right. You have to be pre-qualified for that. That's just the way it works. And wherever I go around the nation, wherever I go around the world, I will never go somewhere without my wife. If I do, it's got to be an extreme emergency 
if if something if if my wife ends up going somewhere and I'm not there, or I end up going somewhere on some trip and, and she's not there. I promise you, like you know, like I'm, I'm not saying my wife has never done like a girls trip or something like that. But I'm just saying, like if you see me going somewhere and I'm doing SOC business and I'm going to preach and teach and do all these things or whatever, either it's an emergency, right? Or for some reason we're just working in two different places and I got to go to where she is, right? But but you but if you see me preaching or teaching somewhere and she's not there, there's something going on emergency wise. Because that's 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 one of the greatest protections we can have. Right? So in our culture we don't even look at we don't even think about platonic relationships, even the way that the world thinks about it, because that myth doesn't make sense. Right? That myth just doesn't make sense. And by the way, right, I told y'all this before, when everybody else was worried about everything during COVID and all this stuff like that, um, and everybody was losing relationships, my wife and I's relationship went to higher heights than it had ever been before because we got to spend time with each other. And even when I was busy, like doing a lot of side hustle stuff and doing a lot of videos at that time and pumping out a lot of information, and even when we got for a, a while, there was probably like a three week, four week period to where I was like barely there at all, like maybe an hour. But when I was there for that hour, we were we were in two. And then after that, okay, I got to ride here, ride there where I was doing the side hustle stuff, putting out 30, 40, 50 videos a day on different platforms, right? But, but we but we were together. We were united. We left from one part of the country because we knew we couldn't live the way we wanted to because of all the stuff that they were closing and everything. And we went somewhere else where we could have freedom, right? So in our culture, the whole dating or spending time with you or being one-on-one or this and that or whatever, it don't make sense, Right? So if I'm gonna pray for you in person, my wife gonna be somewhere, <laughs> you know? When we do, if we do the men's meetup that we trying to put together, by the way, brothers, don't forget, we're gonna meet up on Saturday, 7 p.m. Eastern New York time. If you wanna suggest places for us to be able to go, feel free. Also too, we're gonna do some Q&A just for us on that Saturday. We have Q&A for everybody on the live session on Sunday, but for the brothers on our Zoom meeting, we'll do that 7 p.m. this Saturday. So if you have an, an idea of where you'd like to try and meet up, let's, let's try and hear them. If not, I'm going to just come up with something, and if, if you can make it, cool. If not, cool, <laughs> right? I'm going to be there, right? To, because y'all told me y'all wanted to meet up, so we're going to try to figure this out. But uh, and, and for the sisters, don't forget, you know, you need to have your $100 down payment if you're going on the Women in Red Cruise December 6th through the 9th. Already, and you can get in touch with our secretary, Sister Renee, um, and we'll give you your, her information. Um, if you need to, just contact us, reach out to us, we'll get that to you. Um, but in all this stuff going on, right, even at the men's meeting, when we show up, even at the men's meeting, when we come together, guess who's going to be there? She, she might not be in the room for certain things that we're doing, but guess who's going to be in the building? You hear what I'm saying? She might not be in the room when we get there, but guess who's going to be in the building? Guess who's going to be in the car on the trip with me? Guess who's going to be if we end up having to fly whatever, however way we get there? My wife and my son, too. Right? When we go to, to, to minister in, in, in on... June 22nd in Atlanta, Georgia, or whatever, when we show up, guess who's going to be there? Right? How you doing, Emmanuel? Appreciate you. Right? That's, that's the way that this works. Right? Togetherness. That's our culture. So we got to reverse the myth. See, the, where, where you get dating from, it doesn't even come from y'all. Right? That's why we really wild when we date. The Nigerian, when he dates, is really wild. You know why? Because he was originally Ivrit, which turned into Ivrit. Which turned into Hebo, which turned into Ebo, which turns into Igbo. And when he was Ifrit, 
which comes or Ivre, which comes from Avara, which comes from being Israelite or Hebrew, right? He wouldn't have dated. She wouldn't have dated. So now when we get into this dating thing, we don't we don't comprehend how to really do it right. If we do some wild stuff, and on top of that, then you put in the colonized mind, and it's a recipe for disaster. You gotta reverse the mythology. You see that? You gotta revert. There was a time where native natives didn't date and have sexual relationships and go on. If you're talking about being indigenous American, indigenous Australian, indigenous whatever, right? You you didn't lay down with each other all the time and do this and have long relationships and y'all been going out for three, four years and you still not talking about marriage yet? That doesn't make sense. That's a waste of my time. Can I be honest with you? That's a waste of my time. Elder Alma and I, when we first met each other, we were both talking about marriage, had a long conversation about marriage, and then from the jump, pretty much, hey, okay, how are we going to make this work? How you doing, Donovan? Like, that's that's what it is. I don't need, especially as a man, can I be honest with you, especially when I'm in my work, because that's what we're supposed to be, and we're supposed to be in our work before we uh, see and find a wife. When I'm in my work, my work is this. I'm submitted to the mission of the work. Remember, a mind without a mission is a dangerous mind, right? And so I'm submitted to the mission of the work. And when I see a wife, right, I say, oh, okay. Let me study. Let me see what she's doing. Let me ask questions. Let me see how her family rolls. Let me see what she does within her own work. Let me see what her vision is as well. Okay, cool. Well, if these things uh, match up, then let me introduce myself. Let me talk about this and let me talk marriage from the jump. And then the community comes together, society comes together to go ahead and say this marriage is worth it. And then in our culture, we would actually get our paperwork done then, right, when we we're betrothed. And she will prepare herself for her husband, and I will prepare a place for my wife. And when my father, or even if it's my spiritual father, the father figure, if my physical father's not there, but when my father says the house is done, that's why no man knows the day nor the hour except the father. When my father says it's done, he says, go get your wife. And then the community, the society knows what's about to happen and we, everything stops and we rejoice and we party. And at some point during the party, uh, my wife and I will go away and we actually become husband and wife by laying down with each other. And that is the second part of the contract because then her father will walk in and grab the sheet. The same father I've also given a dowry to and stuff like that. He will grab the sheet and then he'll bring it out and he'll say, he'll show it to everybody and it, her blood right hymen broken and my blood the semen are both on the sheet that's a blood covenant you know how when y'all were children i'm not i'm not trying to be perverted here but i'm just trying to give you an example some of y'all did blood brother stuff y'all cut your fingers i never really did it because i thought it kind of gross but you know people do that stuff and we're blood brothers and this and that or whatever or maybe you've seen it in the movie right that's a blood covenant on the sheet and if at any time after that you want to go ahead and get a divorce you got to come see her father and both of y'all got to sit in front of him and you got and he's gonna look at y'all and say your blood, right, is on the sheet, literally. I held the sheet. Your blood is in my hand. Your blood is on my hands. If you don't give me a righteous reason, I can't live with the blood on my hands. You got to tell me why this doesn't work. You said your dad did that with, a step, with your stepbrother? I'm on, right? This is, this is cultural. So... The whole dating thing doesn't make sense. So that's why I'm saying when you hear some of these terms, just be careful because you get all these people saying this stuff. But those are myths. That's not how we operate. That's why it doesn't even make sense for us when we try to date. That's why we're sitting up here. Well, black men, when they date this and black women, you know, white people don't do this. And, you know, Asian people don't do it because you're not white. You're not Asian. 
Well, you know, everybody, you're not that. If you native, natives didn't just run around and having this one and this one and this one and this one. If you worthy of each other, then you get married. And you have to be worthy of even being considered for marriage because in our culture, marriage is not between... Um, it's not between a child and a child, an adult and a child, um, a male and a male, a female and a female, a man and a man, a woman and a woman. Even It's not even between a man and a woman. It's, marriage is not between a man and a wife. Marriage is not between a, um, a, a, a husband and a woman. Marriage is between a husband and a wife. If you're not both qualified, you shouldn't even apply. No need to apply. You said, okay, what way did you lay with someone and have children with somebody and stay with somebody if you're not happy? Um, why does my happiness only come with how many times I can lay down with them, have sex with them, go out on dates with them, stuff like that? Why does that determine my happiness? That'd be my question back to you. No shade, but I mean, since we're not going to start with hellos and stuff, let's just go all the way into it. Um, why is my happiness only determined on how many times I can do that? You said it's not marriage through the court legally. Um, that's not true. You can have marriage through a private contract. You don't have to register your marriage with the state. You don't have to marriage your child, uh, register your child with the state. Your child does not have to have a birth certificate. Your child does not have to have a social security card. You don't have to have a birth. Matter of fact, because I'm a pastor, right? And I can do it privately. Churches do this all the time. You just don't know it's called this. I can take a birth certificate instead of having a birth certificate a child can be dedicated right and when i dedicate the child i can take their feet and i can take ink on the bottom of their foot i can put it on the birth certificate and when i do that guess what as soon as i finish putting the ink on the bottom birth certificate that in and of itself is the same i'm sorry not birth certificate but on ink on the uh, baby dedication form on a certificate as soon as i've done that it's the same level as birth certificate it's like when somebody fingerprints and because we have an EIN, we're actually registered as a religious organization. Nobody can tell me otherwise. Right? You don't have to register your marriage with the state. You can have a private contract. You don't have to have, you don't have to have that. Right? Somebody taught you that. It's a myth. That's what we do in reverse mythology. It's a myth. Somebody told, right? Somebody told you, for example, you have to be an American citizen. In order to be in America, you can be a non-citizen national. When you get your DS-11 form done for your passport, read the part that you're not supposed to sign until you're told. Read that first sentence that's on there. The first sentence tells you clearly, by signing this, you can either be a U.S. citizen or a non-citizen national. Right? It's a myth. Remember, not everything that's lawful is legal, and not everything that's legal is lawful. So this is how it also works, though, being honest. So I, as a pastor, if I were to marry you, right, I am private. I'm in the private institution. Marriage is an institution. It shall remain private because we want to make sure that it's not public because if it's public, it has to be registered and therefore governed by the state. We want this to be governed by the most high. So we're going to come up with a private contract. Right. If we decide to have a private contract and go through the private contract and do this with one another and you guys are and I'll be the representative of the most high. I'll be the witness. Therefore, you two are the ones that are coming into covenant with each other are going to have to consummate it because by law, no marriage can actually be legal unless you consummate it. If you don't, it can be annulled. Right. So by law, you two are going to be married with the contract of, of having sex with each other. That's what actually consummates makes your marriage official to becoming one. And then you register that with the state. Right. I will not register with the state. Matter of fact, I can't just marry, even if I was, but, and by the way, I, I am technically, I guess you could say, at one point, I did everything um, registered through the city of D.C. 
But if I'm registered in the city of D.C. to do a marriage, I can't just fly to California and marry somebody. I'd have to be registered with the state. So how do you make that work? Either you have to have somebody else do the marriage or you have to therefore then go online, fill out some stuff, basically fill out a lot of BS and say you believe in, the, in, in some stuff you don't. And then they'll say, OK, you can register in California because whoever ordains, whoever's ordained, you're not ordained by the preacher who ordained you. You're ordained by the state. Right? You're not ordained by the preacher who, who's, who's doing this. You're ordained by the state. Yeah, we're tricked into attaching ourselves to the system, the beast, the public. Those are, those are things they sound nice, but they're myths. We got to reverse the mythology. I know we're supposed to be talking about Lord of the Rings uh, today, but we'll get back into it. I promise. <laughs> right? Thank you for the love. And I'm sorry if it's lagging for people. Um, this is about the best I'll be able to give you today. I'm, 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 I'm just, I'm out, I'm out here. <laughs> today right so we have been tricked with the all these myths the same way that we were with all these books and all these different things that people do or whatever you said okay that's where the paper marriage license comes from that's where if you go to register your marriage with the state you can have a contract for just about anything and if it's a private contract it has to be you can put in your private contract what you're going to do if you get a divorce you can put in your private contract uh what you expect you can put in your private contract what your child how many children you guys would like to do i mean you can do whatever right I, I i know you think that you have to like your car does not have to be registered with the state we often just do it because that's what we were told but your car doesn't have to be registered with the state if i own my car why would i say okay i want you guys to tell me what to do with it but you have to know how to declare it. This is why people don't study law. The people don't, who don't like law, right? Since we don't like law, or we try to live by law, but don't want to follow it. We oftentimes do things and get caught in legalisms that are legal fictions. Remember, even by definition, your birth certificate is a straw man. What is a straw man? A straw man is a legal fiction. It is actually in property law. It means you belong to somebody. So your birth certificate is a straw man, right? That's what your birth certificate is. If you know what a straw man is, if you just study even in common law going back to England, which is where you came from if you're an American citizen, right? Then follow your law. Follow your follow your family tree, your law tree, so to speak. Right? What is what what is this? What is a straw man? If, when they write your name in all caps, it's not even you. It is like your trust or it is the thing that belongs to somebody else. The United States is not even a country. It is a corporation. If you don't believe me, look up 28 that's 28 USC that stands for United States Code 3002-3002-1515 subsection A, B, and C that's all the subsections by the way that's once again 28 USC 3002-15 A, B, and C 28 USC 3002-15 A, B, and C 28 USC 3002-15 A, B, and C that's United States Code that's what you call law and guess what it says right there in subsection A it says specifically the United States is a corporation I'm not even adding anything to it. It doesn't even say the United States is. It actually starts off when you get to 15, it says the United States is, and then it says colon, and then subsection A just says corporation. You get to subsection B, it gives you a bunch of things, but I like to focus on this part because it makes it easier for you to comprehend. It says it's a board, right? If it's a board, that's why you have a president, a vice president, a secretary, a treasurer, all these different things, right? I'm not lying to you. I'm sorry, TikTok, you want to disappear for just a second. Hold on. Right? And people don't people don't recognize what they're doing. And then get frustrated when we're trying to tell them the truth. I'm out. Salah.
right? We don't we don't know, right? We don't realize, we don't recognize it, right? And then subsection C says instrumentalization. That means it's publicly traded. What's publicly traded? Well, the the, the money. Well, what make what backs up the money? Because money is a check. Right. So what's backing up that check, that money that you have, that representation, that middle middleman, that intermediary, that negotiable instrument? Well, gold and silver. No, there's no gold or silver. Not since 1930s. Um, well, what's left? Your straw man. The same thing that you keep trying to imply that you got to register with the state when you were born. Well, really, you're not even born. You, you talk about your birth because you don't realize how maritime law works. But right in those hospitals that are even shaped like ships. And when you go to certain parts of them or whatever, they even call them certain things. Like you even have some hospitals that talk about bulkheads and things. Bulkheads. I've been in, I've been in the Navy before. I'm a, I'm a sailor. So a bulkhead, that's, that's not supposed to be in a regular house or something. A bulkhead is on a ship. You go into the for, forward part of the hospital. That's, that's ship. That's, that's maritime terminology. Right, we don't even, but people who don't care about law because you've been told not to follow law, why would you care? So legally, yes, you become a fiction. You become a fictitious character. Look this up in your um, Black's Law Dictionary. And that, by the way, doesn't mean that it's for black people. I'm talking about it's written by a guy whose last name is Black. Look in your Black's Law Dictionary. You'll find something called a natural person and an artificial person. You didn't even know there was two different things. Right? You Right? A natural person and an artificial person an artificial person is a legal fiction so every time you are on trial guess who's on trial your birth certificate is a legal fiction right so i'm just saying you might follow a lot of different things right you might you might you might have heard a lot of different things but it doesn't mean it's true it's mythology. We got to reverse the mythology. You see what I'm saying? And I'm not trying to attack anybody. I'm just trying to show you. When I said, when I was talking about marriage certificates and stuff, everybody's first response, oh, but you got to get it from the state. No, you don't. Are you a natural person or not? Do you belong to something outside of the United States or not? Because if you do, then why would you keep registering everything with them? The only reason why you are allowed to be taxed is because your benefits and privileges all come from the state. The second that you decide to stop getting your benefits and privileges from the state or from the federal government, right? You're done with taxes. Anytime I do business with them, I got to pay taxes, but I don't have to pay taxes for a bunch of stuff. So watch this. If, all I'm, if, if, if I'm eating a lot of the food for myself, why do I need to be taxed on food? But if I go buy food from the store or if I go buy food from um, uh, the restaurant and both of them are tied into the legal fiction, then, yeah, when I do business with them as a private citizen, as a private uh, sovereign. But still, when I do business with them, well, that's just that's just contractual. If I, right. When you're, you're in the system, but not of it, you're in the world, but not of it. Be ye in the world, but not of it. When I go into the system, by the word, the word, word world there actually comes from the Greek word cosmos with a K, not with a C. C means physical. Cosmos with a K means the system. So when you go into the system, then yes, be ye in the system, but not of it. So I'll do business, right? So UCC even allows that, right? You go to a different country, you go to it. And by the way, you don't even know a state is a country. That's why your states have capitals. Every state has a capital because every state is a country. If you go to... Um, the city of Paris, you don't go to a capital of Paris, right? It's in Paris. It's a city already, right? So you don't even recognize the federal, the federal government is the, is the legal fiction. And a lot of your states have decided to even become legal fictions to be able to deal with the main legal fiction. So for example, 
if you're let me use California again and all the states work like this by the way right um, all the states work like this you ready there's a difference between California state and the state of California you, 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 you right just trying to help you out watch this there's a difference between the state of Mississippi and Mississippi State right there's a difference between the matter of fact some of the colleges are named after that you might be able to go to MU or you might go to Mississippi State you don't recognize the difference right there's a difference between New York State and the state of New York Matter of fact, if you've never caught on to this, they have something called the State of the Union Address. It's not called the State of the United States, though, by the way. Just throwing that out there. See, this is why law is extremely important for us to learn. Because we're speaking on stuff that's lawful without knowing how law works. You've never seen the State of America Address. You've never seen the State of the U.S. Address. You've never seen the State of the United States of America Address. Why? Because the United States of America is not a state because by law, a state is a country. Anything that's not a state of the United States of America is considered to be what? A territory. Washington, D.C., look it up in, in, in law. Washington, D.C. is not a capital. Washington, D.C. is considered to be a territory. The same way that Puerto Rico is a territory, the same way that um, Guam was a territory, the same way that the Philippines is a territory, the United, the United States is, um, does not have a capital by law. It actually has a territory. Right? It's just a fancy way of saying colony, by the way. When you colonize somebody, why, why? so Washington, D.C., even though it has now representation, it still doesn't have voting rights right? because the representation still can't vote. So they make it nice, they make it look nice. But if you're in D.C., for those who live in D.C. or from the DMV, you know what I'm talking about. You got two senators, I think, now, and both of them can't vote on anything. They can speak up for D.C., but they can't vote because you're just a territory. If you were part of the United States, people say, well, it's not because you're not part of a state. Exactly. You're not part of a country. Only the countries have the right to vote on it. And the Senate is in charge of the territories. That's why Washington, D.C., even though technically the land is supposed to have been forfeited and given back to Virginia, it still exists because Congress has no ability to have any authority outside of Washington, D.C. And Washington, D.C. has no ability to have any type of, of existence outside of Congress. So you can't get rid of either or or else the whole system begins to fall apart. Matter of fact, here's another one for you. If you were to do your research, you would discover that the actual um, office, the head office for the United States Corporation is located where? In Washington, D.C. So if you get rid of Washington, D.C. and you're making something different, you actually change even the authority that the United States Corporation has. They'd have to move where they are. But you think that because they call something a Capitol building, that's the Capitol. That's like you saying the Federal Reserve Bank is part of the United States of America. The Federal Reserve Bank is not part of the United States Corporation or the United States of America. They are the ones who tell the United States Corporation when they can print out money. We got to we got to reverse the myth. There you go. See the state of an organization, quality of. Yep, see it's the state of California is different than California state. One is a legal fiction, one is not. One is a country, one is a legal fiction. So the only way that California can actually 
get stuff from the federal government is they have to be able to be a corporation under a corporation. So they incorporated themselves, became a legal fiction, became a slave that could be under them so that they could actually attach themselves to the federal government so they can get stuff from the federal government. But when they don't want to, then all of a sudden they switch it. They go from being a state of California a state of California, something that belongs to the federal government, this in a certain state, they belong to the federal government. So they're the state of California when they don't want to listen though, then all of a sudden they become California state. Right? These are myths. We got, come on. All right. We got to reverse the mythology. We're out here saying all this stuff. We got to reverse the mythology. Right? We talked about a myth last night. Here's another one for you. Um, Yehoshaphat said in Matthew chapter 16, verses 1 through 4, that everybody keeps looking for a sign. But it's wicked to keep looking for a sign when the sign you should look for is Jonah. So the sign, everybody talking about, well, we're not walking on water anymore. We're not touching everybody's foreheads and they're falling out. We're not doing it. We're not, and that's a myth. Because your Messiah, read your Bible, it'll bless you. Your Messiah says that the sign you should be looking for is the sign that Jonah had when he dealt with Nineveh. What was that sign? He preached the actual word that was law. And when that happened, things changed. The Messiah himself, he tried to go back to his home country. By the way, in Israel, they called his place where he lived a country. See, you don't recognize how states work. Israel had many different places within itself that are considered to be states, countries. Right. And he goes back to his home country where he's raised and he preached the same message that he did to everybody else. And his people wouldn't listen to him, not because the word wasn't correct. It said they didn't listen to him because even though they recognized it was powerful, they said, how did he get that? We don't like that. He got it. And he's from here. And how come he got what we can't have? And once they did that, it said he could not perform one miracle. He went back to his state, to his country, but he went back a freedman, so to speak. He went back a, a sovereign and he came there to try and free them up, set the captives free and the captain said we'd rather be captivated and be captive and be chained up than listen to you because how did you get free and we didn't this is why many people will never come out of the myth because you can't hear the truth